Welcome to the podcast that inspires the American dream through hard work and adventure. Our wide range of guests will give you a unique insight into their crafts, professions, and experiences. So sit back, enjoy, and have a laugh. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Free Range American Podcast. Hey, so welcome to Free Range hello, American. Hello. There is a knock at the door right as we started to, to right as okay, we started the show. We're just going to keep it going. Kurt's it going. on it. Yeah, none of us are expecting guests. Nope. Nope. We aren't. So this is a great episode because I've been wanting to interview BJ for quite a while. Uh, but you. why why couldn't we do it last time? I think what was I doing Jim York? I think sat down. Yeah, yeah. There was you. a scheduling year, conflict. Right? Was yeah. it last year? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So how's it going, bro? This is this is great because I've been following you, um, you know your page, your stuff for the last several years. Um, you know you've you've got kind of a I think an iconic personality. Thank you. I would say that, and I really like your first name. I do have to make yep. this one joke because I was texting uh, Kurt, and I was like, "Where are you?" And he's like, "I'm waiting in the lobby for BJ." And I was like, "Kurt, that is inappropriate. I will not give you a bleep." Blowjob, yeah. and then he wrote back a very, uh, very embarrassed meme. It was good. It's a nickname I got in elementary school, and it just stuck. Really? No. I'm oh, oh, I was like, <laughs> man, you suck a dude's dick once, and your name, your nickname's BJ for the rest of your life. Is it I had short? Some really, like, really attractive teachers in elementary school. I got super lucky. Well, uh, like, I did. Were they? I did not. Like, I wasn't like thirty-ish dudes. To, like, you know. Want to date me at nine years old? Yeah. Right? <laughs> you always have to wonder how that, how, where that switch is. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Like, I don't some of it. these teachers look so good. Like, I know. Uh, you could have got on Tinder and had anybody you wanted. <laughs> Maybe they not, wanted to but, influence the future of America in a positive not way and not be reliant on someone studies. else's dreams, Jared. <laughs> where she's mm-hmm. like, oh, don't worry. I know, I know the teacher of that one. Did, did anybody <laughs> here go to college? You probably yeah. went to college, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, did hey. you just ignore me? Like I have, I, I went to goddamn college. That Come guy on, over man. there that looks smart and refined. He definitely has been to the some guy with the flannel. The guy with the leather jacket and douchebag hair definitely didn't go to college. <laughs> I mean, it was online college. Doesn't really count. It Why does it? Group. What was the answer or what was the question? Oh, I was just wondering if if, oh. if anybody here went to college. Yeah, D- Jerry waste of money. No, it was a waste of money. Yeah. It was a racket. Yeah. I have a liberal it's like arts programming it's now. Yeah, liberal arts degree. Yeah, I feel like it's like programming now, like left wing uh, concentr or not concentration. It's just like you know, a lot of college students are just uh, very, very different than they used to be fifteen, well, I, twenty years ago. From my understanding, too, talking to people, just the education system as a whole has become so progressive, and they live in this like mm-hmm. you know scholarly bubble of like emotion not fact base yeah and even some things in history they don't cover and it's all about like what bathroom should i be using rather than talking about hey this is what socialism is and this is why it doesn't work and this is how wars are started so maybe we don't make those fucking decisions again i'm very like like uh, i mean i the the entire mechanics or or functionality of how we've set it up where it's a private business private business that collects your money it's a the private government subsidized business. Yeah, yeah so, so it's even worse. It's even worse. <laughs> like, like, that collects your money and then grades you. I don't. I don't understand it. Like, why? Why you pay for like, something? Yeah, you're paying. You. You're paying for right. a degree. Like, right. you're essentially. You know, why? Why do teachers even care at that point? If your check's clear, who cares? 
you know, just give him the fucking piece of paper. Right. It's just I mean, interesting. I was sorry to interrupt, but you were talking about uh, what you, what bathroom to use. Uh, a very pretty young lady that I know very well. Um, we were entering a casino and we had to go eat, and she had to use the restroom. And they were doing like maintenance on the uh, female restroom. Right. And I was like, dude, just go in here. It's 2019. Just go in there. Yeah. And she's like, all right, whatever. There's nobody in there. She went in there to go to the bathroom and then uh, came out and security was out there like, hey, that's not okay. You can't go in the bathroom. Like, you know, really digging into her. And uh, I was like, no, no, you don't understand. It's okay. She identifies as male. And like, it's, it's like a, he saw a ghost. He's like, oh, shit, I better not fuck with this. All right, that's fine. I'm going to take <laughs> And it worked. Wow. Yeah, it worked. Oh, that's so <laughs> good. He was fucking terrified. That's so good. Wow. Yeah. It's like that was the magic word. Yeah. I feel like people use that to create a scene. Like, I have nothing as transgender. I'm super pro-gay, like, all that stuff. But it's just, like, it's when we focus on, like, the smallest smallest issues in society mm-hmm. and, like, forget the big ones, that's when I'm just, like, this is so ridiculous, you know? Yeah, it's terrible. The fact that she's going to get in trouble and then you can just be like, I identify as the bathroom. Oh, okay, you're part of the porcelain, are ya? you? You yeah. know, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm waiting to use the excuse the next time I uh, get pulled over for 153 and a 75 uh, to just be like, yeah, I identify this uh, the, road as the Daytona 500. The next right. time. See what they say. Yeah. I like that. The next time. The next time. And you next were pulled time. over for going 153 and a 70? Actually, I, I, th- I think the fastest I've ever been pulled over is 123 and a 75. I always make sure that there's, you know, it's safe conditions. There's no other drivers right. around. And the road's good. All my tires are dialed. There's no holes in my tires. And it's, a, it's in a vehicle designed to go far faster than that. But, uh, yeah, anything over that, by the time uh, they pull out to pursue you, you're four or five miles down the road. So you just take the next exit and sneak <laughs> away. Well, I mean, anything that you're in, you just go through the desert. <laughs> yeah. I think you can yeah. say whatever you want in yeah. podcasts as long as you just go Allegedly, allegedly, because then you're not really, yeah, you know, admitting guilt. Some it's, of this is fiction. Yeah. What is what is what is one of the times that you actually scared yourself in a truck? Um, that doesn't happen often. A lot of people, you know, like I, they see my videos or like I'll tell them like, you know, what I do, or there'll be fans that come out and like, man, that must be an incredible adrenaline rush, and I have to tell them like, well, not really, you right. know. Because if uh, if there's an adrenaline rush, like you're not uh, calm, yeah, you're not calm. It's like 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 you do your uh, MMA training, your kickboxing, and all that stuff. Like if you have if you have adrenaline, because I, I can identify with that because I used to do that stuff when I was younger. I used to train with uh, okay. fighters and jets and with uh, Dana White. But um, if you're excited and you have adrenaline you got like 45 seconds you're not going three or five rounds and you're not making the right decisions you're not slipping you're not checking kicks and stuff like that it's the same in the truck you know all well i imagine right it's hyper hyper taxing on your central nervous system because it's like all the energy and the stress and the tightening the muscles restricting your breathing it's like it just that's why calmness is key i think in anything and i imagine driving is very similar right because yeah it's very similar so like my max heart rate uh uh, with doing any th- kind of significant exercise is like, you know, 175. I try to stay around 160. And then my uh, resting heart rate when I was doing, <clears throat> I, w- I had the opportunity to do some skill building uh, in my truck, which I don't 
uh, hardly have the opportunity to do that unless it's on race day and I got to make something happen because I got to advance 30 seconds to make my fuel pit so that nobody passes me or a situation like that. Um, but I got to do some skill building uh, at a 17 and a half mile loop. Um, that had a lot of different really good elements and really dangerous elements in it. And my resting heart rate, uh, when I was just trying to, you know, do my thing as fast as I could was I think 90 beats per minute, uh, while, while driving and my resting heart rate, you know, is normally like in the 65 range. Right. So it's not like anybody else that doesn't have a lot of experience would be in the one fifties. And they wear out super quick. You just consume a ton of yeah, calories, tight, a ton of water. You're, you're, you're tightening. You're, yeah, you're, you're, you get really. And one of the things, you know, everybody knows Ivan Stewart. Um, one of the things that I learned from him, he's a pretty good friend of mine, is like just staying uh, controlled and relaxed. And it's not racing is not about racing. If you're trying to win a race uh, and you're in a big gnarly dog fight, it's not about. Uh, racing the sense that you would think about like ah, I got to drive really it's about efficient operation and that's where speed comes from and that's what keeps you uh, out of trouble it's a very fine line between maximum efficiency and making mistakes and that's when adrenaline uh, happens I'll straight up scream like a fucking bitch when, when it's like I'm coming close to uh, you know like a, a rock and I'd miscalculated something or a cliff or a rock wall or I hit something way hard and the truck's like in the air for 15 minutes <laughs> that's when i'll have like a, a massive adrenaline dump which doesn't happen very often and then the biggest adrenaline dump that i have is during a crash right because uh, i know there's a cage and things really strong but that shit is not fun you, you everything goes very slow and you start to hear twisting metal and corners being pulled off the truck and you just, you're just waiting i'm you sure can't to feel what's gonna over. hit you you cannot wait to, yeah exactly you can't wait till it's over and you know your body's hitting the straps and you're going from you know 70 to 25 miles an hour to 10 miles an hour uh really quickly and it's that's when I have the biggest adrenaline dump. Like, get out of the fucking thing as soon as it stops right? so you don't fucking burn it. That, that's my number one fear. That's what you're thinking about. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Get the fuck out of get it because you out. have 75 gallons of fuel that cost $18 a gallon right. in the back of the truck. And, and that's a question for me because some of the audience, I'm sure BJ Baldwin, like everybody probably has heard that name before. You're, you're huge in the sport and stuff. But, like, what, what do you actually, like, compete in and, and, and what yeah, is for those, it? Yeah, for, for those that don't know, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. Um, for those that aren't familiar with me, um, I've been in competitive off-road motorsports um, for a very, very long time, um, about two decades. And uh, I've been in the pro class of uh, the trophy truck division for about 16 years. And uh, <clears throat> I have uh, several marketing partners and... I'm fortunate enough to, through a lot of hard work and intelligence, to be able to say that I have a full-functioning, self-sustaining uh, off-road racing team that runs off of sponsorship contributions. How long are some of those races? They get fucking long, right? Yeah, so long-distance off-road racing is, uh, to put this into perspective to people that don't know about it, everybody knows what like a Ford Raptor is, right? Yeah, right. Uh, my test. We both own one. You know, hey, well, we're we're Baja <laughs> racers, dude. I race same, to the same. gas station. I know station. exactly what you're doing, man. 
So like yeah, like the, the like the Raptor or Tier D uh, Pro Tundra or uh, Jeep or you know with big shocks or whatever. In my test section where I do uh, suspension development and tuning, um, it's a 13 mile loop, but the bulk of it is about a mile and a half long. Uh, any one of those trucks uh, is going to go through there at about 18 uh, to 24, 25 miles an hour. That's as fast as you can get going through there. Uh, a Raptor, even? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. Um, and if you go any faster than that, it's smashing the bottom of the truck into the ground. Right. Uh, and if you just try and commit at, like, entering at, like, yeah. 50 miles an hour, it will probably explode. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and my, just to give people that don't know an idea of the performance, uh, my truck will go through that same section at anywhere between 114 and 117 miles. Holy shit. Jesus. That's crazy. That's the deficit on that. (laughs) It's fucking huge. 18 to 24 miles an hour. And then you're going, well, 118, uh, oh yeah. I'm saying then 118 and you're. Yeah. How much does one of those trucks cost? That has to be so freaking expensive. If you don't mind saying uh, it. No, or, no, no, like, not at all. Uh, to build one, um, it's three Let months. Guess. Let me guess. Go ahead. 750 No, I'm going to say $1.2. Let's guess. I'm going 680 You have to be talking to your microphone for the audience. 680 Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> in today's uh, environment to build a four-wheel drive, which I'm looking yeah. to build, um, it's about seven hundred thousand. Ah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you were close. You were close. Oh. I mean, but that's not fair. Quick. You drive yeah. fast shit all the time, Jared. Well, I, yeah, and you know, I've I've heard race team <laughs> specs before too. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it adds up. I mean, you know, the brakes are thirty five thousand dollars in a box on the ground. The, the rear end housing is uh, fifteen thousand. The engine that you know will go thirteen hundred miles before you need to rebuild. Is about eighty thousand. The transmission is thirteen hundred miles before rebuild. That's how many miles I get out of my motor. And then how much does it cost to rebuild it? Mm. About thirty-two thousand. Okay. Yeah. Damn. That's that's insane. It's like plane yeah. maintenance. Yeah, that's 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 insane. Like there's a hundred mile per hour difference between a, a Raptor, a, a performance Raptor. automobile. Yeah. And then your daily driver. What is it? What's your daily driver? I mean, uh, pickup. No, I know you have cars too, but it's pickup. a Toyota Tundra. Correct. <laughs> but I have a feeling it's modded but? a little bit. <laughs> Is it modded? Um, Do you have it like hyper modded? Your daily driver? Uh, yeah, I, I had one. Uh, it was a uh, Toyota was actually supposed to send me another truck for a project build, but yeah. uh, I'm still waiting for it. Um, but I I did one that was. When I first entered into my uh, agreement with uh, Toyota Motorsports, uh, they sent me a Tundra, and um, I just did everything to it. Really? And all after, like the best aftermarket suspension for a production vehicle right. would uh, probably be Camberg system, and all the best shocks. Um, I reinforced uh, the frame to withstand a little bit more abuse. What's your travel on it? Uh, it was 22 inches in the front and uh, 21 inches in the back. Jesus. So just to give you an idea. It's about six stock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just to give you an idea as it relates to using that test platform as an example, you know, 18, 24 miles an right. hour for, you know, what you can get off the showroom floor. Yeah. That truck will probably go through there at 35 miles an hour. Okay. 
So the difference between everything that you can do to right. uh, something you get off the showroom floor yeah. and putting a hundred thousand dollars into uh, worth of it's ten labor miles an hour. And, yeah, it's, that's a hundred thousand dollar modifications. Like everything that I did to yeah. it, because I made it like super, super right. Gucci, and yeah. had the, it had the uh, Rolls Royce uh, Starry Night stuff in it before anybody had any kits to do that right. with, and hydraulic jacks that were uh, ran off the power steering pump. That's the thing. Yeah. I feel so, like your answer might be a little biased because you said you had an agreement with Toyota, but I grew up driving Toyota Tacomas and Tundras. I actually had a TRD Tundra. Yeah. But like, is there a big difference between these sports performance trucks or however you want to classify them coming off the market? Because I'd imagine a lot of people listening are like, which one's the greatest one to buy? Do I buy the Ford Raptor? Do I buy the Toyota TRD? Do I buy the new like... Dodge, whatever the fuck they Rebel. Because yeah. I feel like a lot oh, is of that what did... that's called? The Rebel? Yeah. It's like it, they wanted to make it look like a... Like a rap. Yeah. It's funny because a lot of these other companies... Well, Chevy's doing it too now. Yeah, but they, they they don't go down to Baja. They don't they don't put their... Uh, like a lot of these other companies, they, the Raptor's done a lot of testing. Yeah. And Ford's done a lot of testing with their vehicle. Um, and, uh, and Toyota's done a lot of testing with uh, Ivan Stewart with their vehicles. But other than those two manufacturers, if they haven't put somebody uh, in the truck that knows a lot, such as me or Rob McCacken or Bryce or whoever, to help development, and which takes a couple years right. uh, in, in a test mule, if they haven't done that, they are really just – rolling the dice and saying, well, maybe this will work. Throw some, a lift and some stickers on it and charge it $50,000 more. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fair. I feel like there's, <clears throat> I, I'll give it to Ford. I, I love Toyota as well, but they, they kind of feel like they revolutionized the, uh, just straight off the shelf kind of performance quote unquote truck, because mm-hmm. that was back in the day, early two thousands. It's like you had to buy a stock pickup get the lift, get the tires, get the shocks and all yeah. that. And then for me, like I don't need a, a race car, but I had a standard F-150 and then, you know, we drive a lot of, they go hunt all the time and yeah. having the Raptor, even the difference from a stock F-150 comparatively to a Raptor, like yeah. night and fucking day oh, as yeah, far as huge. the performance and how fast I can go on some bumpy roads. Yeah, for sure. Which is nice for a consumer like me because I don't really oh, know absolutely. that much about vehicles. <clears throat> And, and Jared has a is a Ford performance car too. It's a Focus. He keeps telling me it's performance. And nice. It is. It is. It is Ford performance vehicle. Nice. Yeah. Which which model? It's the RS. Uh, that thing's badass. Dude. It's fun. Oh, it's fun. He's validated them. Damn it. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'll show it to you. It's, it it's wild. Those, those things run pretty good. I broke it. But I want to get he, a Supra. A what? The uh, new Supra? Toyota Supra? The new one? Yeah, the new that one. That looks cool. What's a Supra? I have no idea. Supra Dude. was an old Toyota sports yeah. car back in the 90s. The, yeah. So funny story about a Toyota Supra, which is a super funny story. The Delta Force guys that I knew up in um, northern Iraq, we would race against. They had a, yeah, didn't you have they, the BMW they had a custom and they had a Supra? old Toyota Supra that they had completely, like, they, they basically just took the fucking skin off the the old supra and then put like a fucking corvette chassis and engine and a bunch of other shit in it so oh, when they nice. fire up this fucking supra it sounded so like a it fucking like muscle old car. school muscle yeah like, yeah yeah it's just like really fucking really nasty and i would race them in this i had this mercedes v12 and uh and we would be racing up and down the fucking hills and those things but either way Toyota Supra, the old ones, they're like it's a, is, it's a crazy looking. Is car. the new one uh, turbo? Because uh, I mean, damn, I don't. Toyota hasn't come out with a I turbo don't think engine. So. At all. 
I don't think it is true. I don't know too much about it. They had the pace car at my shop, and uh, they wanted to do do some content. Like I mean, it looks a lot like a Corvette now. They made it really wide. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty wide. I think they're gonna. Uh, they started here, and I think the the future models in, in right. the next two years are gonna be like really badass, like really, well, really. Gnarly. All your major manufacturers in the last two years have been trying to kind of emulate these supercars the new corvette looks like a ferrari almost yeah the mid-engine one i think they fucked that up really yeah i don't like it why well it's not it's not nasty anymore right you know what i'm saying is that's that's what a corvette was it was uh you know, front engine, uh, you sit far back on the tires, so it's, mm-hmm. it's a gnarlier uh, experience um, when you have somebody that knows how to drive. Right. Uh, I'm a big Cor- you know, Corvette fan. I had one. I had a C6 uh, with a, an LSX uh, block. It was 480 inches. It had the gnarliest cam in it, heads and valve train and uh, all natural and we call it the Black Widow. I was, I'm always telling Tori stories about it, how she has it so good riding my Porsche because my <laughs> Corvette, it would not stop smoking the tires until it got to about 115 miles an hour. Wow. It was really nasty. <laughs> how fast would you wow. burn through tires then? I had imagine. Oh, it, it, I'd go through tires like every 4,000 miles. Oh I'd run them God. down to where they're so bald you could actually see the air inside of them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how how did you how did you get started in this stuff, man? Like like you, it's not like you just like graduate from high school and be like, all right, no. well, fuck it, I'm gonna go race trucks. No, everybody's uh, everybody's uh, that's a question that's often asked, um, and uh, you know I like to spread good in the world and, and give people advice about where a lot of young people look up to me and say, hey, I want to do this or I want to do that. Or a lot of them are like, man, I want to grow up and be. Uh, you know, be a professional truck racer. Right. And my best advice for them is, you know, you got to get in where you fit in and don't ever, don't ever waste a fantastic opportunity. So, um, I've had a bunch of different jobs. I've been a, a bartender, been a real estate agent. Um, I, my first job was working at American shooters when I was 13 years old. I used to sweep the ranges and, uh, and, and clean, you know, you know, I was like, they're made for, two weeks and then it, it evolved into me cleaning guns. Then before you knew it, I was, everything was really loose back then. So I was 13 before I knew it, like renting machine guns to people at, uh, God American bless Shooters. America. Yeah. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, as it relates to, uh, my ability to, to have this, uh, career, um, I started in, in a buggy and I did all my prep work, like a really, really low budget. It was, uh, uh, very, very cheap. I did all my own uh, rebuilds, reassemblies, prep, and everything. The only thing I didn't do is rebuild the motors, but my motors would last forever back mm-hmm. then. <clears throat> and uh, then it was, uh, you know, my dad uh, ran, cas- well, he still runs casinos in uh, Las Vegas. And uh, he said, well, I want to see you in a, in a class one car. And it was privately funded, like a family funded program. Uh, and then he went for a ride in a trophy truck when I was like 22 years old. And he's, he's like, I'm done fucking around. Let's fucking get one of these. I was like, are you crazy? Do you, do you know how expensive that thing is? Right. Do you have any idea? And he was doing really well at the time. And he's, he said, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. We're putting you in one of those. I don't want you in that class one car anymore because it, 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 I had just been in a huge fire. 
Right. And I had been in a crash as well that I, I had gotten hurt in. And he's like, I don't want you in a car that's 2,500 pounds. I want you in a 6,500-pound missile. Right. Uh, so I was like, all right. And we we did it for three years. And he's like, listen, motherfucker, you got to figure this shit out because this shit's way too fucking expensive. You better start <laughs> hunting down sponsorship programs and whatnot. So I ended up talking to uh, a bunch of guys that are smarter than me uh, as it relates to uh, promotion and marketing. And I started making content. Uh, before it was super gnarly and, and super cool. And I ended up raising my profile in that sport, and I landed uh, my first big contract uh, through uh, another tire company. I had to sacrifice being on a good tire to to being on this shitbox tire. You know, I had a five-year contract with them, and they paid me very, very well. They covered about half of uh, my motorsports budget, and then I signed with Monster. What, what year is that when you signed a tire deal? Uh, uh, that was 2009. Oh, okay. That was 2009. And uh, then I signed with Monster, and it was like their marketing uh, as well as Monster's marketing uh, just worked really well with each other because one of them handled print. And the other one handled digital media marketing, and it, trem- it tremendously raised my profile uh, in uh, having people kind of idolize my yeah. uh, my journey. And then I signed with Toyo. Thank God! Oh my God! The tires. Toyo, yeah, they make great tires, right? Oh sweet! Yeah, I'm running Toyos Jesus. on mine. Yeah, the <laughs> other tire, the other tire company that that I was uh, had to be on for four years. I mean, you, you drive through a swarm of bees, you get four flats. <laughs> they were awful. They were awful. I won't mention them because I love the guys yeah. there still, but <laughs> Toyo. The part, great people, but you're, their products just kind of, man, you're like, I know. Ah, that's all they had to do is build they me a They paid me a little less and go get a bit of product. Yeah, yeah you, you get a mosquito bite, they go flat. But Toyo, <laughs> you know, uh, is a Japanese company that was super, super obsessive about having the best shit. And and they really do. That's why I'm still with them. I have the opportunity to go with any tire manufacturer, and right. I ain't fucking going nowhere. Um, right after that, um, and the side effect with, of that was uh, I got really good at dodging rocks, like really, really good at dodging rocks at a very high rate of speed. Um, and the side effect was that was as soon as I signed with them, I won uh, uh, another championship and championship after championship. Then I won. Uh, the Baja 1000 in 2012, and then again in 2013. Um, so it was a really happy big with you. Deal. Yeah, well, I'm happy <laughs> with them, man. It's, you know, they uh, they really propelled my career in a sense that I was able to produce a tremendous amount of results in a very short time. So, are you still with Monster to this day? Yeah. Okay. Cool. For sure. For sure. And they've been really good uh, to me. They've been really good for me, and because of those two very large marketing partners and everything that I've been able to add to that, I've managed to uh, procure about eight other companies that help uh, fund the program so that it's sustaining and we're you know we're making a little bit of money now. So uh, it's been it's been uh, hard work to try and Race please world everybody. Is expensive. Yeah, it's very expensive. You know, um, to run a truck for years, one point two million dollars. One point two. Yeah. That's, that, that's what your budget is. That's what my budget is and, and uh, all my various marketing partners. Wow. Out of curiosity, how do you guys forecast like a budget as far as operationally for the vehicle? Because I'd imagine 
crashing one, yeah. doing something like that. It's like, guess what? 1.2 is scheduled, but now I got to rebuild the motherfucker and it's 700. You know, is there? Well, it, it never, it never gets to that. Like, to, like if I had like a really, really bad crash, um, to re like, say if I had to rebuild the truck from the front, uh, windshield to the front bumper, right? It's probably an extra 25 or $30,000. It's got to go on the chassis table, get straightened mm-hmm. out, rebuild the front clip, which the, the, it's already laser cut tubes. They just got to stick them together and, uh, and weld them together. Um, but that's not, if I crash it really bad, that's not really a big deal. Um, just got to get it fixed. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's pretty uniform. We're, we're taking something that is a one-off, uh, build and we're putting 900 horsepower behind it and making it go 143 miles an hour off road. Uh, and 110 miles an hour or 60 miles an hour through the harshest and most brutal environment possible. They really don't have materials on the planet that we can produce this vehicle with uh, to make it last. So I have to be careful with it. If I want to, if I get mad and I throw a fucking tantrum, I could break the thing in 10 minutes. Really? Yeah. So you you have to take it easy. On your I, I have to operate within 95% if I want it to live. Got so it. is there a lot of that to understand kind of like, I'll use a shitty term, I'm using like an MMA, the athleticism of your vehicle? Because I'd imagine like yes. well, you do's and don'ts for longevity of that vehicle, you have to know it like your best friend because if you're like, I think what you were just saying, fuck yeah. it, pedal to the floor, blah, 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 yeah. and break ah. it. And, and maybe you can answer some of, some of this question. The sport is kind of odd to me because in the last few years we've seen some random people with no driving experience mm-hmm. jump in one of these trucks. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, uh, and is, is that? that something that you're kind of like, uh, don't be anywhere near me. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's is it, is for there, them. Are there looky loos like just rich people like saying, fuck it, let, let me buy a truck and try it out. Like it's, is there a lot it's very, very rare. Right. Um, uh, I mean, most of the guys that you're talking about, they have some experience racing before they hop into it. If, if they didn't, uh, have a significant amount of test time and learning the vehicle, right. Then they would be upside down and on fire pulling out of the driveway you know yeah some of that happens (laughs) and and i've seen some of that happen um i had a really bad situation uh not me but uh somebody that i know that kind of just showed up to the party with the truck and said i want to race the baja 1000 uh they blew the third corner uh, into a crowd of people and uh wow holy shit Really? Wow. Yeah. It, it, I two die? fatalities. So. Oh, no. Jesus. It's, I've always wondered that in motorsports because some of those, like, Baja racing and the other stuff, like, the crowds are literally, like, 10 terrible. feet off the turn. And I – listen, I, I like to take calculated risks and be a fucking moron. But yeah. for me, I'm like, I'm not going to let someone else define my future if they slip and, and, and just take that – like – it's it's crazy to me how close people are allowed to stand to some of these races. And I do a lot of uh, nonverbal communication and education uh, when I see that. Um, when I come through there, it looks like a 10-year-old on meth that right. just got done playing just Grand Theft Auto. Out. And they, they scatter like roaches when you turn the lights on, which is good for the next guy that comes through there so that they right. have that healthy fear. But 
they don't get it a lot of the times and you know unfortunately uh sometimes people get get hurt it's just like rally racing in europe sometimes yeah. cars go yeah i've seen a lot of those and like trees saving people's mm-hmm. lives but yeah that highlight reel is rad i know exactly away. what you're talking about have you have you done any rally have you gotten cars and done any rally and like i have yeah. um I have. Uh, I was actually going to start a rally program in 2008, but uh, I didn't have the sponsorship backing to put to put it together. Right. Um, but that's <clears throat> specifically rally style driving is uh, what I've applied and what I've learned uh, that I've had the highest success rate with. And I'm I'm fortunate enough to have an obsession with car control mm-hmm. that's different than uh, anybody else in my sport of, of off-road racing and that's helped me a great deal usually when we get to like uh mountain roads where the consequences of going off are dire like it's 100 100 200 foot cliff and if you go off you're cooked <clears throat> usually when i get there i gap everybody and there's right. only like two other guys that can run that hard in, in that uh, scenario. So if it, if I got like fifty or sixty miles of that, even the next best guy, I'm I'm fortunate enough to say I could put minutes on him. Right. What's the closest to oh fuck, this is it moment you've had? Because if if people have watched <clears throat> sport and I've watched it in very limited qu- quantities, but I've seen dudes tires half on the dirt, half off, and there's a six hundred foot drop kind of thing where like yeah. you're gonna. What, what's that one moment in, in your career that, that stood out where you're like, if the God didn't blow a little wind behind this vehicle, I was <laughs> I'm in the, I'm getting cooked like a freaking you know barbecue down there in my vehicle. Uh, well, it's it hasn't been situations like that because uh, usually when you're in a hurry and uh, you got to make time because you're like you know this is really important. Um, I've got. A hundred miles to go and I need to make minutes on this person in order to win or in order to podium or whatever it is you take a significant level of risk and then just you're almost crashing like for hours so it's <laughs> you know <laughs> so even then I don't I don't get like you're a almost in a crash yeah it's I didn't know there's one where it was like real close but so, so <clears throat> you're actually like behind on something you're taking obviously an escalated level of it's calculated un- risk throughout it, that process. It's uncomfortable because I'm going 105% and right. I know my skill set and I know, I know what I'm capable of. And when it comes to stuff like that, where it's really important that I do well, uh, and I have to go outside of my comfort zone, it's really not fun for me at all. Cause I know how dangerous it is. I know what can happen to, to answer your question about the, like the, the moments that have been like, fuck, this is it. Uh, 2000, uh, two, um, I was in the biggest fire that I, I've been in a few fires, but this one was really big. The fire flames were 30 feet tall. Uh, I was getting fuel at a pit and the overflow from the, the dump tank it was in my buggy, low budget buggy days went into my air filtration system that runs on electric motor, which we all know runs off of spark. And it blew uh, burning rubber and burning paper into my helmet, uh, and caught fire and I had tanks on each side, people on each side dumping fuel and they both uh, pulled the fuel nozzles out at the same time through panic and it went into my uh, headers and just fucking like, like a soft explosion. Wow. And I tried to get out. Uh, My dad was actually riding with me um, or going, getting in the car 
because I had passed I had passed like 13 people in my class in like 100 miles, and he was going to ride the rest of the way. And uh, flames are coming around my helmet, and then it's just like when you get choked unconscious, like you know, you, every all the color comes out of your vision, and you start seeing like like black dots grow growing before. Yeah. Um, and I got my window net down, got all my belts off, and then I was paralyzed, and I was, I was like, I wasn't even scared, honestly. I was just like, dude, this fucking sucks. I was most <clears throat> most uh, bummed out because I was going to burn to death in front of my dad. And uh, he ran around and pulled me out. I was Your two, dad did? I was f- really, really chubby at the time. I was 265 pounds. And he pulled me out like I was light as a feather. And, uh, no shit. So you, you, your dad pretty much saved your life. Oh, he's like Superman. He saved, I don't even know how many people he saved. When I was six oh, years crap. old, I watched him jump from table to table to table on this yacht that they were backing in with 50, 60 people on the yacht because one of the workers that was this, uh, girl that was, you know, pretty wet behind the ears just relates to her job. And she fell behind this huge yacht, uh, when they were backing it into the, to the dock. And he like hurtled through that shit like Spider-Man and just grabbed, snatched her out of the water and pulled her up with one arm. This girl's like 130 pounds. So I'm pretty lucky. My dad's a fucking. Is your dad Superman? You would fucking love him. Everybody here would be like, damn, that dude's fucking rad. He's. Dude, that's epic. Yeah. That's still like rad. Still working so here shit, in Las Vegas. Like. Yeah, he took a hiatus. He uh, he built. Um, he started in uh, Golden Nugget, and uh, well, he was a he was a world champion poker player for many years, and got hired at the Golden Nugget after some uh, unique situations with death threats and kidnapping, and he was just tired. It, poker was different back then. People were getting shot all the time and kidnapped and robbed, and beat the shit. Seriously. Yeah, when it was, was that? gnarly. Was that like in the seventies or something? Yeah, it was. In, it was uh, late seventies, early eighties. So he kind of just said, "Fuck this shit." I'm gonna. Steve Wynn um, actually said, "You got to come work for me. You know all the everything, and I need somebody to help me run the Golden Nugget." And right. uh, and he started working for the Golden Nugget. Still played professional poker, only when the World Series was in in, in town. But he, uh, you know, made a huge difference in um, the Golden Nugget and uh, made it a better place at the time in downtown. <clears throat> and then he built the first mega resort in the world in the Mirage and opened that in Thanksgiving in 1989. And then he built Treasure Island. Uh, he built Bellagio. And then he built uh, all of City Center. In, in what context is building just like leading up the casino uh, aspect of it or president, chief executive officer, as well as chief of design and construction. Holy oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he's, is your, you, you remember our subject is your father around still? Or is, yeah. He's still here. Oh, great, yeah. He's dude. still That's here. That's awesome. Yeah. He's a bad motherfucker. He can walk through a wall of bullets and not even blink. I mean, he's really tough. <laughs> That's <You know>. Awesome. <laughs> I want to meet him. Can I meet him yeah. one day? Dude, cool. you would fucking vibe with him so good. You would fucking love the dude. Yeah. My stepmom's 28 years old. My, so solid. My, oh, man. You just, my this just keeps getting mom's better. So keeps getting solid. I know, right? <laughs> you should have him on the fucking mom. Oh, absolutely. We need uh, to hear these I, I call her I mom like, just because it's funny as fuck. <laughs> All I see right there is like from stepbrothers, and you're like, I'm not calling you mom, yeah. even if there's a fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, uh, she's uh, from Poland. Uh, she's pretty cool. 
Um, and he makes her happy. That's, that's what's really important. But, uh, yeah, I got a brother that's one years old, just turned one. <laughs> yeah. Fucking 39 year Fuck age gal. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my God, that's great. Yeah, my dad fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're cool, but your dad seems pretty He's fucking, fucking that, cool. I, too, let me man. tell you, you guys think I'm cool. My fucking dad, the, the apple far, falls really fall from the tree. My dad's cool as a motherfucker. He's a badass. That's so epic, dude. So did, so did he grow. Like where where did he grow up? Like how'd you guys get to Vegas? Uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know when I was born, he was always at the. I was always picking my mom and I have, uh, or my mom and myself. We were always picking him up from the airport, going right. to games. And he's, you know, he's gotten in trouble. They've they've raided uh, many uh, hotel rooms and houses, breached houses, and gone right. in and fucking arrested everybody. Um, and, uh, which the gaming commission knows was full transparency with him and all the stuff that he's been involved in and just trying to play, uh, trying to be a gambler and play professional poker. Um, and Vegas, it was just like the, the best place for, uh, him to be. And he was making pretty good money. And, uh, we just moved out to Vegas when I was, uh, two and a half years old. Wow. That's- that's, That's insane. Wild. Yeah. I, ha- I have a curious question for you because I, I, I like to hit the weights sometimes even though yeah. when I'm in Vegas, I skipped the gym. Got it this morning, so I'm, I'm proud of that. But uh, you said early on you were like 265 or some point when your father pulled you out of that, the, the buggy. Yeah. I did 99% really- body fat. <laughs> <laughs> I, d- I didn't realize, but the the kind of toll it takes in your body driving in these trucks and you know I think, you know, kick cope and stuff and like mutual friend and i'd spoke to him back in the day about him and how he was like actually helping you know drivers increase their physical performance based off of nutrition diet things that help them in the vehicle and i'm like what the fucking driver you just be fat and sit behind there that's easy and he started working me through it i'm like oh fuck i didn't i didn't think about that you're driving like a hundred miles you pedal to the fucking metal the whole entire time so yeah has that been part of you and you think your success as far as understanding your body and what it takes <clears> athletically <throat> to be behind the wheel not only athletically i imagine but cognitively and mentally uh yes absolutely i mean uh like i said i was 265 when i was uh really really chubby when i was racing class one and all my buggy races and then uh, when I realized that, uh, you know, my dad was going to take the big step and give me the opportunity to make this dream that I've had since I was eight years old reality, I stopped fucking around with, uh, you know, eating like shit and, uh, and drinking like all the time and partying it's Vegas, you know, kid, kid in Vegas, you know, 18 to to 24 you just right. go out four nights a week i think that's yeah. every kid 18 to 24 yeah but, yeah, but <laughs> Ve- yeah but in vegas i mean you, have you can do it yeah. makes it easy everything and there is no weekend. women everywhere you know it was crazy I'm married i don't see i don't see any you're of blind the women. to that stuff i don't yeah. see any of the women with their pushed up bras and they buy a little <laughs> cocktail dress. i see none of that i know right <laughs> um but uh yeah as as soon as i got that opportunity uh to make that a reality and I, I looked up to guys like Ivan Stewart and like they were Superman. Right. You know, so I'm like, I'm going to get this opportunity to uh, compete with them. And I have the opportunity to <clears throat> um, race against them and beat them in embarrassing fashion. And that was my goal. So uh, I had done some boxing when I was 18. Dana White was actually my boxing coach when I was like 18. 19. Seriously? Shut yeah. the fuck up. Really? Yeah, so I've been friends with him for a long time. That's fucking oh. crazy. I know. I'm so fucking <laughs> proud of him. I'm yeah. so he's such a fucking gangster. 
Um, so he was, uh, he was my boxing coach and he wanted me, uh, he wanted to kind of like be my manager and, and, uh, get me into like some of these, like King, the not King of the Cage. What was the one that the tough man competition? Yeah, yeah, tough. And then eventually go into amateur heavyweight boxing and then see where he got. But, uh, you know, you guys know this cause you guys are all hard ass motherfuckers. Um, I wouldn't go that far. It's, it's one thing to learn how to, uh, how to deliver violence, whatever it is, but as it relates to getting punched in the fucking face, it's something that you're kind of either born with or not. Right. And I was kind of halfway yes and no. Um, so I was really good, uh, technically from, from a boxing standpoint when I was younger, but I wasn't super enthusiastic about sparring, you know, yeah. and I did a lot of it. Um, but I knew I wasn't going to do that. You know, I was just, wasn't tough enough. It's, it's something you're born with. It's a weird thing because that's a great analogy is not to go on the sports thing for a second, but I feel like I'm the same way. I'm like 50-50 on it where I can get hit if I need to, but I yeah. like thoroughly don't enjoy it. And then you watch some of these dudes that are performing at a pro level in like the UFC yeah. and they'll just, they'll eat like overhand rights that would sleep me in two seconds, oh, and like yeah. seven of them in a row. <laughs> and they're just like chugging along forward and you're like, God, that's got to just be like a Justin Gaethje type. You're like, that has to be a genetic innate freaking gift that you can just eat the world's biggest power at your weight class and still walk forward. It's yeah. bizarre to me. And then it, not care about it. It Yeah, it, it, it has to be because I, I've realized more than ever, like, my I, I hung out with, like, a fucking tough, super fucking tough crew when I was younger. And we were always getting in fights. Always. Somebody's always grabbing somebody's girlfriend's butt or, like, throwing a drink. I almost got in a fight with... Uh, uh, Fieldy from Corn, and oh, I was gonna say Fred Durst, and Fred Durst. <laughs> oh wow! Fucking Fieldy and Fred Durst poured a drink, uh, like on like one of my uh, girlfriends at the table, and I was like twenty two, twenty three years Is old. Is Fred Durst a dick? I feel like he's a dick. I didn't have to ask since that. But. I mean, I I don't get to meet him, and oh, even if I, which I was really looking forward to it, just to say that I beat the fuck out of you know. The, you know my crew because he had like a big crew up there and my crew was all super fucking hard ass motherfuckers that would that were all locals that were all locals and they were gonna just throw these guys down the stairs they didn't care who they were they just what they were they were drunk and fucked up and uh, you know i don't hold it against them i still love you know their music and they're sure i'm sure they're fucking rad dudes but uh yeah that's kind of like the crew i used to think so back to what i was talking about uh the difference between somebody that is skilled and being able to defend themselves in a bar or on the street or anything and somebody that is a terrible fighter, like Owen 10, the guy that's Owen 10 is going to vaporize the guy that's a good street fighter. Yeah, like that's 10 and Owen bars. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I took a break from a uh, train with Dana for, like three years, and then I got uh, I got beat up like pretty bad in in a in a fight at this college bar, and I got choked. And Dana had just had the UFC for a year, and I showed up that Monday with my buddy. It was me and my buddy that got in this fight with these three guys, and I my buddy got the very small guy, <laughs> and I got to, I got to deal with the two guys, and I almost had the problem solved. Uh, but fighting two guys at the same time is not fun. <laughs> at all for anybody yeah. no i don't care how tough you are <laughs> no i'll beat everyone's ass here no ah, probably not it's don't care not how proficient like you are yeah right. um so you know, a guy like kick cope as a professional fighter is different 
he just anything that he throws his hands at three times or four times something like that. World champion Muay Thai. That, I think it's that's seven three times. To four, three to four, pretty quick with just a couple of them kicks. Oh yeah, no four <laughs> yeah. times. Yeah, four, four times. You could probably knock like three over with one. Like oh yeah. Like, did you, did oh, you know? Kid, did he ever tell you the story? Which I'm, I'm sure he did about he actually knocked a marine out at a bar. I um, was there that night. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, for context, and I'd love to hear that, but it was like, so Kit Cope, uh, world champion Muay Thai guy, this guy kept trying to pick a fight with Kit and was like, I'll take you. He's like, dude, back up, back I up. I watched I'm that good, whole fucking thing. Yeah, so I talked to that as a fan. You've yeah, got, you, got drunk. You've got, you've got to tell the story then. You've oh, got to dude. tell the story. Yeah. I was like, I, I had just met Kit and, you know, he was young and, uh, you know, down to fuck whoever up that even looked at him funny and he's... Like for a guy like that, that's young and a professional fighter, a guy that's six foot three and 265 pounds, they're just fucking praying that you are deserving of a beating. And uh, <laughs> I didn't really have, you know, the best interaction. And this is when he was going back and forth to Thailand for yes. months upon months. Yes. And his skill set was, you know, that's I when he really... kid before. It's fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's awful. He knows every punch you're going to throw at him before you throw it, and he just yeah. kind of moves away, and then there's a you're fucking just moving there's a foot in your face. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I'm good. Uh, i got to take this business call outside. So <laughs> I, I, you. I, I never got to. Less. He yeah. tried so hard not to do that fight. Yeah, I never, I never got to spar Kit. Um, I didn't really have any interest in that because I knew how that was going to go. <laughs> From the story I know, it was like, the guy it was a marine, I believe, and kept trying to fight Kit. Oh, yeah. And then ended up knocking the kid out because he chased him outside. And then Kit went and did jail time because the judge that. said, "Escalation of force. You're so such a good fighter." And he's like, "Yeah, the dude ran at me and was throwing a punch. I just and he shouldn't him. have gotten in trouble for that. Yeah, I mean, ridiculous. I, I even uh, I wish I would have been around to be interviewed by detectives for that. But I, I was not like tight with Kit. I. I was just hanging out with TJ Lav, Lavin uh, at the time. I just met him that night. Now we're all fucking super tight. But, <laughs> but uh, he's, you know, I had met Kit that night. It was at this bar, for Beecher's Madhouse or something like that. And uh, this dude is like super fanning over Kit. And he's like, man, why you got to be a dick and just trying to be an asshole to Kit? And I pulled him aside. I'm like, look, dude, I, I really appreciate what you do. And, uh, you know, nobody... I understand you're a Marine and you know, I probably said the wrong thing. I said, look, nobody wants to see a vet get beat up. <laughs> you know, nobody. And it's, it's probably tough for some people to understand the difference between, uh, being really tough. It's all Marines, you know, are really fucking tough. Just about all Marines to my understanding are extremely tough in street fights. They're, they're ready for whatever. And, and anybody in the military and any of the divisions of the military, they're just. I would say they have the first. right mindset, not necessarily the right skill set, because going through basic training and learning, you know, a level one jujitsu doesn't make you a black belt. No, know? absolutely <laughs> not. So, I mean, I I pull them aside like, look, you know, you 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 don't understand. He smashes people's face uh, for for a living, and he's very very good at it. Just you know, chill and, you know, let me buy, I, I think I might've even bought him a drink, talked to him for a little bit. It was so long ago, oh. but, uh, I watched him go outside and been like, cause he kept going back and forth between whether he liked him or didn't like him. Well, no, just like being full of rage and then not, and be like, all right, it's cool. And then being full of rage. I think he was trying to look tough mm. in front of some girls or something like that. Of course. That. But, yeah. uh, 
That's what I would suggest to anybody was like if if you're a young kid full of piss and you know testosterone, just like go into a gym and spar a low level professional in mixed martial arts and go Humble. go like sixty percent and you'll walk away going, oh, I'm probably not going to pick a bar fight ever again. Yeah, because I know the outcome if the dude knows what he's doing. It's funny. I got an altercation last night at the cry party. Are you no. serious? Shit. With who? I don't know. Some you know. Uh, with Tori, you know, she's super fucking gorgeous and really approachable and really friendly. And 90% of our community is fucking stand-up awesome people here at SHOT. Yeah. I'm not here to see the, the latest guns. I'm, I'm here to see the majority of it is the people here. It's your friends. Because, yeah, yeah all, my, all my friends that I only get to see like once a year. So that's why I'm here every day to, to fucking interact with everybody and see everybody and say what's up and check in on them. So... uh yeah, some some I saw we were standing by the bathroom and this this guy ran up behind us, saw Tori jump. I was wearing her purse too. Right. I had the Louis Vuitton bag that I got her for Christmas. I bet you pulled it off great too. <laughs> yeah. It matched your eyes. I didn't even she know what was, color it is, but I bet it matched it's your super, eyes. It's super it's a super fucking death metal uh, L V case because it's all black. Yeah. It looks like a coffin with a zipper on it. But uh and I had both my son's mother's jacket. She was with me. Uh, my son's mother's jacket and Tori's jacket, and I pulled all that off. And because uh, she was like, I saw her jump, and she was like, and I knew what happened. She's like, that fucking dude just grabbed me. What? And uh, but like in the in the hip to like move her out of the way. So uh, I probably should have behaved a little bit differently. Maybe I went up to him and pushed him on the shoulder thinking that he would like take two steps and respond with a certain level of violence so that I would have, so that it would be okay for me to respond. Right. Right. Justified means for an escalated approach to the situation. Mm -hmm. There you go. It was an invitation. And, uh, (laughs) and I yell and I'm like, don't fucking touch women. That's fucking not right. And, uh, you know, I no beef with the guy. I'm sure he was just really drunk and, you know, maybe he didn't realize that that was inappropriate at, at the time. Um, and uh, I yelled at him a couple times, and there was nothing that happened, so I left. But I was really fucking mad. I was really mad, right? And they were <laughs> panicked because Tori's actually – Nicole's seen me getting like 50 fucking fights at nightclubs. Because <laughs> everybody, you know, yeah. my son's mother is like – she's uh, really friendly and everybody's like, oh, she's hot and she's got a crush on me. And I always had to like remedy the situation. But she's actually, you know, we don't go out. I don't go out anymore. So she's actually never seen me have to. That's the curse of a beautiful girl with a nice personality and being a bigger bearded <laughs> man. Cause they're like, Oh, big boy. Won- oh, and they got something to prove. And you're like, bro, I just, I literally want to have a shot with my woman and then go fuck her. Like I, yeah, like, yeah. I don't want Bones will be broken tonight. Mine are yours. Like nobody goes home. And, fucking happy. You know, like, those, those on. that know me that are listening to this or watching this, they know exactly who I am. The people that have met me, I fucking love people, dude, and I, and I'm always trying to I'm always trying to put good out in the world and help people. And a side effect of that is if somebody that I care about is has had something that happened to them, uh, I get really fucking mad real quick, and I want to make sure that that doesn't happen to somebody else. Now, you know? do you get mad when like other dudes grab your hip? No, because that's kind of flattering. Okay, cool. Yeah. I was just, I mean, okay, do that situation out. Okay, yeah, no, we're, good we're on a couch, yeah, yeah. on a casting couch yeah, for the yeah. show. I was just 
little feeling the weather. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. He's, he's not even... He's not even hiding it. Fights, like, yeah, trucks, know, cars. This was a hypothetically speaking, you know. Listen, if I, I can grab his hip and he so. takes me around in, in, a, in a supercar going 118 this miles an like hour, this is like the I'm manly in. episode. Can I get right. to ride fighting and yeah. trucks? Yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. God, okay. yeah. I want, I, I want to pay for I the gas. See you take these two for a ride. That would be. Cool. Oh, I would love to. Whatever you think your understanding of it is as relates to speed and comfort and performance is probably 20 times. I have no understanding. I've been in the car. <laughs> I've been in a rally car with a professional rally driver. And, How cool and is course, that? Right? Yeah. And it scared the fucking shit out of me. I, I've, I've done really scary shit in my life. Like, super scary shit. Think of how I feel. I have to ride with me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And Do you have a track I was white-knuckled, like, fucking, like, it, it freaked oh, the fuck sure. out of me. And, Trees coming And out. he's talking to me. Yeah. Like, he's talking to me. Like talking to me and looking over at me at the same time driving. Well, going, going yeah, eighty miles going, an hour on yeah, gravel you, roads. Go ahead, and, go ahead. And look, look ahead. Look ahead <laughs> at the road. You can look at the. I'm fine. I can hear you. I'm. I can hear you. We can. We can talk. And like the the worst part about it, like we we're we we're like going down into a fucking hard pin left turn faster than I've fucking. Driven on a dirt road ever in my fucking That's life. That's straight. <laughs> yeah, and he's and it's snowing and it's like icy and snowing and he's just like talking to me and I'm like fuck, dude. Like you see, there's a <laughs> you see there's a there's <laughs> a corner airport. coming up, man. Like you see, there's a corner. You know, that, that's like, what I was nothing. I was trying nothing. to trying to find this dude's Instagram so I could say what it is. Um, but it's funny, whatever, to see the difference in skill sets of that. To your point, Evan, there's this guy I watch. He flies F-16s on Instagram, and I'll tell you after whatever it is. He's awesome, though. He's the same way. He's passing out professional pilots in the military, yeah. and he's just like, okay, we're gonna about to hit 9Gs, and make sure you're squeezing your legs. You're probably – oh, you passed out. Okay. And he's just <laughs> – he's so cool, and calm, those and are collected. pilots for yeah. and he's, Navy and, and, and Yeah, he'll fly yeah. actual pilots. A lot of them keep it together great, but, like, some of them are just, like – yeah. Catching Z's in the back because they didn't, you know, work the G force or the G suit didn't work with their breathing. Whatever. I don't know the mm-hmm. world that well. But it's the same way. I've been with pro drivers too, and they're just like, so we're gonna hit this turn, you'll feel the back wheel spin out and sliding and sliding, and you're like, Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so fun. I'm I'm down. Just don't kill yeah. me. Yeah, for sure. No, it's I mean, like as it relates to testing and take people rights, the nice part about having a certain level of skill skill set that you built over two decades and, 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 and learning all the kinds of stuff is that you don't have to show off at all. Right. People are going to be terrified, especially yeah. especially military guys for sure because they're used to being in Humvees and they have mm-hmm. a certain understanding of what a Jeep will do, what a U2V will do. Right. And it's their understanding that, man, this is a full-blown race truck. It's got to be twice as fast. Right. When in reality, it's like 20 times faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not the average person hasn't felt that because, like, I can scare people on our dirt road at the ranch in my yeah, Raptor. Sure. Like, uh-huh. terrify people. Mm-hmm. And I'm a B-minus driver, to be honest yeah. with you. <laughs> like, I'm not that good. I flipped my razor twice and turned it in because I nearly killed myself. So uh, <laughs> I can terrify people within my own understanding of my skill set. So I can't imagine... What you can do, like I'd probably piss myself, but I think it's fucking awesome. Yeah, so funny. crispy went. Uh, I hate to throw crispy under the bus because I fucking love him, but uh, he went three miles, three miles before, before he wanted he to get like, out. I'm done. Before he's like, I'm gonna get a sip of water real quick. Yeah, and he's one of the baddest motherfuckers I ever met in my life. Yeah. So it depends on like it, and I think that comes from the understanding of 
like the maximum level of performance that you've had in something that you highly respect, like a razor or like a a badass Humvee or whatever that you've driven in the military. So those are the best people that have never been in any race car. They actually don't know how fast they're going. They don't know how, you know, well it performs people that have that foundation People that own Raptors, for sure, for sure, they're like, dude, this thing's probably twice as fast as my Raptor. And it's hilarious to watch them uh, react, you know, because uh, every single piece of muscle tissue is just completely flexed for the first five minutes. And then I'm like, dude, you got to breathe. You're going to die. Yeah. You know. This sounds so much fun. Can't wait. Do you you have a track here in Vegas? Uh, I, I do your your 13. Yeah. The, well, I have a 13 and a half mile loop here in Vegas that I do in 10 minutes and 35 seconds. And then I have another what? track. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh. And then I have... <laughs> so twice as fast okay. as my Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then I, I have uh, I just got a new loop that I'm, I'm really liking It's 17 and a half miles and we do it in uh, 15 minutes and 18 seconds. And it's got a lot more elements in it. The reason why I like that track, I'm probably going to do more testing at this track and more development there than here in Vegas, even though it's further. But uh, it's got a lot of blind rises and a lot of very large uh, jumps. And some of them are jumps leading into an intersecting road that you have to come off the face and rotate the truck in the air and land sideways oh, without crashing it. I want to really? go so bad. Yeah. Holy shit. I'll give you free coffee for life if I get a go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, Evan. Okay, you can come with me. <laughs> I know. It's like That's an open bid. Fucking crazy, man. I just yeah. want to be terrified. I like to be terrified. Mid-air yeah, to get we're a We're going to do a video special on this one. This is yeah. going to be crazy, yeah. dude. You'll what, what you'll really be blown away is the fact that uh, two different things. A... Uh, it's 6,495 pounds. It makes 900 horsepower. It doesn't accelerate very well. It doesn't slow down very well. And it doesn't like to change direction. Doesn't make sense that it would scare the fucking shit out of you, does it? No, no. Those statements collectively scared yeah. me just saying them. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you have to know it. You have to know the turn, I'm sure. You have to know the course. I mean, that's, there's a question. Like, when you're doing these long-ass courses, do you actually get to, like, do previs on them and, like, AFAM, AFAMILIA, like, yeah. understanding what's going on there? Yeah, so, uh, actually, Tori writes my notes. It's good to, you know, be in the presence of such a champion-minded individual in her. She's uh, really, really hard-working. She's done a lot to uh, be an asset to the team, specifically in in pre-running. And my pre-runners, best way I could describe my pre-runner, it's a a production vehicle with a race truck wrapped around it. So it's all uh, it's got windows, working doors, a windshield. It's got a a radio in it and it's three seats and Everything, it's got a full tube chassis and, you know, four inch shocks and 25 inches of wheel travel in front, 33 in the back. And a motor that is okay. It's got to run on 85 octane Mexican gas. It's got a little bit of antifreeze in it. You know, if I have to get fuel at one of those uh, shady places. Um, But we'll typically go around the Baja 500, uh, you know, four or five times in certain areas. We'll see certain areas only twice if, if I feel that it's not necessary to know them very well. Um, so there's a bunch of production that goes into running one of these courses. a lot of work. A lot of work. And then are you putting during this Just process? the notes like, alone. Right. I mean, pre-staged gas points. This is where we want to refuel. This is where we want to – or is that all in the vehicle? Yeah, that's, uh, that's not really uh, – it's important information, but it's not 
Um, it's a different category of uh, important information mm-hmm. where the bulk of the stuff that I'm really concerned about is three to five seconds into the future, like mm-hmm. a refresher. Cause you only get one opportunity to hit that corner. Perfect. Right. You're never going to see that corner again. Right. You know, uh, you got one opportunity to hit that crest or hit that jump and, and, uh, you got to do everything uh, perfect if you want to. If you want to make progress and get in the front of the line and have the possibility of winning another race or another, put yourself in line to win another championship. So um, notes are very, very important. Knowing the terrain is very, very important. Um, and knowing the dangers, the areas that you got to slow down and the areas that you got to be drive out of your comfort level because it's necessary to manufacture time, I guess, so to right. say. And then do you have a co-pilot in this or what other term is to use it? Uh, yeah, like a navigator. Yeah, like co-pilot or navigator. Um, I do. Uh, and his primary focus is uh, calling notes as well as uh, letting me know if I have any kind of alarms. So he's got a pie dash uh, right in front of him above the GPS. And that reads uh, tire pressure, shock temperature, um, coolant pressure, coolant temperature, trans, uh, temperature, trans pressure, uh, converter temperature, um, you know, all the lambdas from every cylinder, um, you know, fuel pressure, throttles, everything, you know, this is like all the different stuff. And we have, it's too much to scroll through and monitor because yeah. you'd be consumed with that instead of working on trying to you know, get us going forward at a very high rate of speed. So we have alarms set up in the truck to say, oh, converter temp is 327. And uh, I'll make adjustments necessary to bring the, t- the temperature down through shifting. So it's a, it's a, there's a lot of an under, a really big understatement would be there's a lot of moving parts and complications as it relates to this form of motorsports. Sounds very complex. I feel like people might just think it's driving, but then all the intricacies oh, that go they into fucking it. All do. If I have a bad year, or bad two years, they're like, "Oh, you fucking never win anything," and they don't realize I am like baking a cake. You know, you got flour, and you got all this other bullshit in the cake. But in a cake, you have how many ingredients do you have in a cake? Maybe ten. Yeah. Why'd you look at the woman, BJ? Well, <laughs> just kidding. She, she cooks. She makes the <laughs> baddest fucking cakes possible. Four ingredients. Okay, so with uh, with a trophy truck or with an off road truck or race truck, at my level, I'm one ingredient, right. and there's twenty four thousand nine hundred ninety nine other ingredients. Right, if one of them fails. I've had right. I've lost the five hundred because a eight dollar bolt broke out of my brake pedal that saw no force at all right something that's designed to hold you know two thousand pounds and you know i'm pushing down on it with my foot and it snapped you know maybe 60 miles from the finish line. i was beating the shit out of robbie gordon it was fucking awesome <laughs> so Damn. yeah a lot of mechanical failures in this sport i feel like i could talk literally forever about I- this it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think we got to try to convince you into getting us in the truck for a spin. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like I know Dude, you've already done one. it. I think that's that's the next that's the next episode. Wait, convince right? me yeah. to get in the truck? Yeah. No, I'm saying I think we got to convince him to get us in there. Oh know? yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's where I would love. It's fucking honor, you know. You guys are awesome. 
right? This I, would be I am great. so in. Like, I know I'm, yeah. I'm not going into this with a big head, like, thinking I can beat up no. Kit Cope and I'm a Marine. <clears throat> I'm going into this, like, I'm going to be terrified, but it's going to be <laughs> awesome because it's like a yeah. once in a lifetime experience. Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. I, I, I really don't think you guys will, will be scared at all. There's, there's, uh, there's certain levels to like right. how people react. So you get like, fuck, I'm in this thing and it's tight and these seatbelts are crazy. Um, maybe I shouldn't have done this. You know, <laughs> that's, that's like when the engine's running wow. and I'm building oil temp and everything's warm. Right. And then we leave and I leave in first gear and they're like, Oh my God. And I'm going like 35 miles. They're like, Oh my God, this thing's way faster than I thought. I can't believe it goes through these big holes. And second gear, they're like, dude, I'm a fucking die. And they're peak terror. Right. And then as soon as I click into third gear and I'm going 85 to 115, right. they're more confused. Really? Yeah. They're like, the, the fear is gone. Right. Because they're like, I don't know how this is happening. It'd be like jumping out the window and <laughs> yeah, being able yeah. to fly. fly. Oh, right, right. You know, right, so right. they don't, they don't understand. level of confusion. like coherent yeah. understanding yeah. of the situation, which can like ping your own stressors and be like, okay, I'm scared. And it gets to the point where you're like, oh yeah, we're, we're like flying when we jumped out of a window. Like yeah. I'm past the point. Like of, how is this happening? Yeah. That's the biggest yeah. reaction. The most common reaction I get as soon as I get up to speed, that's what they're like. What the fuck? Jumping out the, jumping out the window and landing on your feet going. Okay, I fucking lived. I guess Look that, at that. I guess that happened. I guess I can. That's fly. awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for yeah. this to go down. This, this is gonna be. Awesome. This will be the greatest. Yeah. Like <laughs> you guys will be so fucking stoked. And that's my favorite thing to do. Is you know, like I take lots of people for rides, but my yeah. favorite thing to do is take you know veterans for rides, and especially you guys. We're all really good friends here. Is just, that, I heard that was your uh, slang. If war didn't give you PTSD, I will. Um, so I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. That's I mean, great. Is that, that copyrighted? Was, Can that I use that? Literally, <laughs> when me and uh, Morgan Luttrell, like when when Morgan got out of the razor with Travis for the first time, he's like, "There's the scariest fucking thing I've ever done in my life." With Pastrana, I'm a fucking Navy SEAL. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah right. It doesn't. That's, it doesn't make that's sense. exactly what I yeah. said. It was like. Right. When I got out of that fucking rally car, I was like, "Dude, this that was the scariest fucking yeah, thing." This doesn't make sense. This this was that was the fucking scariest thing I've done. Well, let's do it again. Side of the let's spectrum. do it again. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. do it again. Let's do it again. Well, hey, <laughs> thank you. Where can everybody find you at on uh, social? Uh, social uh, on Instagram is at bj baldwin. Um, you got I a great Instagram. A, thank you. Updated all the you. time with good Super videos, fun. fun stuff. So, yeah, yeah. definitely get over yeah, there. Check out BJ. Like, not only because, like, you're so well-respected around this community. You're a phenomenal human. You. And yeah. not only that, but you are such an inspirational figure in the racing world and all mm -hmm. the things you've done. And it's so nice to meet people that are just fucking crushing their game and they're not douches. So thank you for that. Thank you for being inspiration Thanks, to us brother. and our company. And yeah, for sure. Hope to hang out with you more, man. Seriously. Yeah, we got to do it, man. We got to we got to spend more time together. I love you guys and everything you guys do and everything you guys stand for. We got to we got to save this great nation from know, some right? of the shit that's going on. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> and we got the big guns, so we'll, we'll yeah. kind of let you shoot whatever you want. Yeah, hell yeah. I want to, I wanna, you know, I'm a Toyota guy. I want to drive the Prius. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I would yeah, love to. Awesome. Wow. It's only like $50 a shot. I was yeah, just going to say, like, like, for for a, for a <laughs> second, it's $1,000. It's like 1000 yeah. yeah. I think Thanks, for everybody. This is Free Range American out of Las Vegas. Las Vegas.